From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Saturday, June 30th, 2018. As the knockout stage of the World Cup starts and as they play the uh, 74th minute now in Russia, France leads Argentina 4-2. Um, and we welcome in Danny Flecker to talk about the World Cup. The, the goals uh, for France, it's... Uh, sorry, Mbappe, uh, I can't pronounce his name, who scored the last two, both in the 64th and the 68th minute. Yeah, I mean, France came out guns a-blazing in that first half. They could have had three or four in the first half. They hit the crossbar and a free kick. Um, a beautiful free kick in the defensive end by Pogba let um, Mbappe lose to, you know, he got tackled in the box, he got a PK, and he had a very similar play. About like five or six minutes later, they had a free kick at the edge of the box, they missed. Um, and then Argentina had a, you know, goal at, right before halftime that you thought could maybe swing the game a little bit or maybe be more conservative uh, for both teams in the second half. Usually in a knockout game, you see a little more conservative approach when the game is tied in the second half, but uh, apparently... The, the floodgates have opened with three goals, with four goals just in the second half. Well, no, more than five goals in the second half. No, I, I can't do the math right now, but <laughs> a lot of goals in the second half. And, it's uh, uh, four total, three for France, one for Argentina in the second half. And Argentina got what they needed with getting that second goal first, and usually uh, with stronger defensive teams, uh, you usually see that they'll pack it in a little bit, make it, you know, reduce the space and keep possession um, and try to counter. And Argentina, excuse me, Argentina is not built that way. They don't have that, that type of mentality. And you know, to be honest with you, the first 40 minutes of the first half, I thought Argentina tactically got it all wrong. They, they didn't start a, a real striker. They started three in the midfield and three up top and were really vulnerable to long balls. Uh, they weren't using the wing correctly and um, they have guys on the bench that could be an alternative to Messi or allow Messi to play off of it, off of them and they just tactically were not there this World Cup and they're going to be uh, going home tonight. Who was your pick for this game coming in? Uh, I... I don't trust either team, you know, from the historics of international football. Both of these teams usually have the tendency to wilt or uh, make dumb mistakes. And Argentina, you know, unfortunately is one of those teams, and so is France. But France was France might have the best roster in the World Cup, uh, even before Germany got knocked out. Like, France is a strong team. Um, their coach kind of gets in the way sometimes with his tactics and his uh, decision-making. But... Uh, when I really looked down at, at how this game was going to be played, my pick was France, and I didn't expect them to score four goals. I expected it to be more of like a 2-1 type of game. Uh, but they just showed you how dangerous they could be. Um, but the side of the bracket they're on, it's loaded. So this is just one of four tough games they're going to have to play if they want to win the trophy. And we're going to get to that momentarily. Um, free kick in the box for France, and it uh, does not lead to anything here. Uh, Argentina's made three substitutions. Rojo is off, Fazio in, Perez off, Sergio Aguero in, and Pavone off, and Meza in. So they're trying to get some more offense here towards the end of the yeah, game. It's, it's, 
and even those subs right there, like they have guys like Higuain and uh, Paulo Zabala on the bench. Those are guys that play for Juventus that score 20 plus goals each in, uh, in the domestic league and all competitions, Champions League and everything else like that. So this coach, I just don't think he has the pulse of this team. And uh, unfortunately for Messi, he, you know, I saw a couple tweets after they lost to Croatia. He's uh, LeBron James playing with 9 J.R. Smith, you know, unfortunately, at the end of the day. <laughs> it's a great line. All right, we're going to go through uh, the rest of the knockout stage, stage games as we continue here on Teeing It Up. Let's start with this afternoon's game at 2 p.m. Eastern time between Uruguay and Portugal. Uh, what's your read on that game? I think this might be one of those games that is just a slugfest. I don't think either team is – they have offensive talent. But collectively, they, as a team, their mentality is, let's get one, and that's it. Uh, all we need is one, and let's defend for, for the rest. And um, Uruguay has some good, good, good players in uh, Suarez and Cavani. Um, and, you know, Portugal has Ronaldo. So it, it's going to be one of those games I think is going to be very... Very defensively, like rigid. It's going to be a lot of clearances, a lot of counters. Uh, you know, set pieces are going to be big in this game. I think Uruguay, up until that Russian game, and even in the Russian game, they scored three of their five goals from set pieces. So I think it's going to be one of those games where one opportunity is going to come around. You got to see that opportunity, and I think Uruguay has a better defensive team. A little more flair up front that could, could lead them there. So I think uh, I'm going to take Uruguay in this game. And, uh, you know, unless Ronaldo has an out-of-body experience, which he could, uh, I think Portugal is going to be really tough for them to, to break down that defense that Uruguay has. He has had a heck of a World Cup offensively. Uh, Ronaldo has. And Argentina has a shot, and it's just taken easily by the goalkeeper. That shot was literally right at the goalkeeper's chest. Um Let's continue on the left side of this bracket, which is where these two games are. Monday at 10 a.m. is Brazil-Mexico. That's a loaded game. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. I mean, uh, Brazil has the flair. They have the dramatic. They have a lot of skillful players. Um, Mexico, I was very unimpressed with their game against Sweden. I thought that against Germany, they caught lightning in a bottle. Uh, they carried that into South Korea and they beat them and they were able to be through already after two games. I think for Mexico to pull this off, they need to have a, a similar performance that they did against Germany. But keep in mind, Germany offensively and the way that um, Brazil play are, are very, very different. So I think that Brazil's going to come through in this game and Mexico... Might give them a tough shot. It might be a, you know a zero zero one one game for for majority of that game. But I just think Brazil has too much up front with their creativity to uh, lose this game, lose that game. Belgium Japan Monday two p.m. Eastern. Hey, Belgium doesn't come out of that game. I think that'd be the shock of the tournament. Uh, there's no way in my mind that uh, Japan should be allowed, even on the same field as Belgium. They got through to a, a weird tiebreaker rule that is uh, the number of yellow cards that you have throughout the knockout, throughout the group stage, which is why Senegal didn't get through. Uh, Japan, I just don't, don't think they have any shot at all with the way Belgium is playing and 
Uh, the, the offense that they have is just too much, I think, for a team like Japan to contain. Um, so that's the left side of the bracket. Who right now, as we sit here on Saturday, is your pick to come out of this bracket, ultimately, the way it's shaping up? So you would have Uruguay play France and then Brazil versus Belgium. I think, you know, again, that side is loaded. and It's, it's going to be a gauntlet just for the team that gets out of there just to win the World Cup. But I think when you look at the way World Cups have usually been won and the type of games you see as you progress throughout the tournament, I tend to prefer on a team that has a strong defensive team, strong defensive line, uh, a good enough midfield to control some of the play if needed, and then people that can strike when necessary. I think in the semifinals you're probably going to see Uruguay and Brazil, and you know from there I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Uruguay comes through and gets to the final. But I say that the, the best team on that side of the bracket right now, just given everything. It, as far as a, a team is concerned that you need to win is Brazil. Um, all right, we're, we're, we're talking the World Cup, obviously, with Danny Flecky here on Teeing It Up Saturday, uh, June 30th, 2018. Let's go to the right side of the bracket. Tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern is Spain-Russia. This game has Spain written all over it. They have the, they have the pace. They have the tactical fortitude to break down teams. They have the skill. They have... You know, everything that you would want in a soccer team. With the World Cup being in Russia, part of me feels like something funny will happen, but Spain should go through and Russia's dream should end tomorrow. But um, teams playing at home in the World Cup are, are weird, and it's a, a different type of advantage that you get that if you were, uh, that then you're going to be if you're Spain, where everything, you know, points to Spain, but Russia is at home, and we know soccer's a weird, corrupted game you know, to begin with. I hope that doesn't happen, but I, I like Spain coming out of that game. They should come out of that game pretty easily. I wouldn't be surprised if they won 2 or 3 nothing. Um, just, just to take a step back for a second, um, is, is, is Russia usually good? Is this one of those things where you, know, you host the World Cup, you obviously put a lot of money in the training and stuff, and, and people expected them to get to the knockout stage, or was this a surprise? I mean... They were in one of the most like historically bad groups of the World Cup in, in history. Um, Uruguay was the only top 20 team in that in that group. Uh, Russia was like it probably ranked like 30th between like 30th and 40th, and Egypt and Saudi Arabia are also like 60th and 70th in the world, like as far as like their FIFA rankings are concerned. So them coming out wasn't a surprise. I thought what was a surprise was like how emphatically they were winning those games. But I think they kind of came back down to earth their last game. And Spain is one of those teams that they, they control the entire game. Even if they're not scoring, they're controlling the entire game. They make you press, and it's hard to defend for 90 minutes and always be on your heels. And that's what's going to happen in that game to Russia. They're, they don't have the the skill, they don't have the pace, they don't have a playmaker that can, can take over a game so Spain should easily win that game, but Spain hasn't played that well either, so I think things will change a little bit, I think uh, what you see in these tournaments is much what you see uh, during like the regular season of any like sporting uh, any sport event that we watch, like you know basketball, football, like, teams can get a little complacent for it um, they, they want the opportunity to 
have the adrenaline rush, and you know Spain is one of those teams, and they should they should overwhelm Russia tomorrow, and they should really take it to them. And I wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, after tomorrow, that people are like, okay, well, Spain now could win the World Cup. They're the the favorite. They're gonna you know get to the final and, and take on whoever it is they have to take on. Uh, now in the 86th minute, about to start the 87th minute, still 4-2 France. Uh, Croatia, Denmark tomorrow at uh, 2. That should be an interesting game. Uh, both teams, uh, I was very impressed with Croatia. They're, they, they're sneaky good. They have a, a lot of good players that play you know, in competitive leagues throughout the world. And uh, Denmark has uh, done enough to get this far. I just think Croatia is a little bit more built for the type of game that they need to play and to win. Denmark, I think it gave them some trouble, but I think at the end of the day, you have a lot of players on the Croatian team that have been in Champions League finals, have won the domestic leagues and the league that they play in. I think that experience and that tenacity that they have with some of those players can come through. And um, I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think Croatia will go through and then take on Spain. Argentina's had a couple chances here, one of which was weakly sent to the goalie, the other was sent over the top of the goal. Um, Tuesday at 10 is Sweden-Switzerland. Yeah, Sweden is a thorn in my side, personally. Uh, Switzerland is going to pack it in, I think. They're going to both, I think this might be, besides the Uruguay-Portugal game, one of the uglier games of this knockout round. Um... I, I'll take Switzerland in that game. They have a little bit more of a attacking style that they're going to play. Uh, Sweden's going to look for counter. They're going to you know pack it in and and try to catch them on on the break. And uh, Switzerland is plays to prevent those types of opportunities. So I think uh, Switzerland will come through with that. I wouldn't be surprised if that one potentially goes to penalty kicks. And finally, Colombia, England. But this is one of the more intriguing games, I think, of the knockout stages that people aren't talking about. Like, you had England that had the opportunity to win the group and the rest of their starters, there is Belgium. Uh, it was known when the kickoff happened that the second-place team would potentially be on the easier side of the bracket. Um, when you play that way to potentially get a more favorable draw, I think you do a disservice to your team by saying that we're, we're okay with what... We're okay not winning. And England historically has the stench of failure all over them. Uh, Colombia is fun to watch. They're pacey. They have good wing play. But they might be with one of their best players. Maybe without one of their best players. And Hamas Rodriguez on Tuesday. Hopefully he can come back and he he can play. Uh, Colombia's a little leaky on defense. England does have some prolific, you know, attackers and wing players. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. You know, my gut is telling me England is going to win that game just given the type of rosters they have and the way they've played uh, so far. But I think Colombia is a feisty team. They're not going to give them an inch. It's going to be physical. I think they'll get in their heads a little bit. Um, England's young, a young team, and uh, Colombia last World Cup got to the final eight. So uh, I'm going to take Colombia in that game, but I think it's going to. That's a toss up. I think that's going to be just a, a a fun game to watch, physical, and 
when you have the opportunity, if you're on any one of those teams, you got to take it. So I think Colombia might have a little bit more of a mental fortitude than, than a team like England, so I'm going to take them in, in that game. So who comes out of the right side of the bracket and who wins the World Cup? So you have Spain versus Croatia, which I think is a tricky game. Um, then you have Colombia versus Switzerland. Uh, I'll take Colombia to win over Switzerland and you know, Spain to, to take it there. Um, and then you have Spain, Colombia. Again, I just think Spain tactically on that side of the bracket has every single advantage that you could possibly want in your soccer team going into this type of, of draw right now that they're going to have. So I think you're going to see a Spain-Brazil final. And I think at the end of the day that Spain will win the World Cup. There you go. We are in the stoppage time for France, Argentina. Four minutes of stoppage time. Um, and it is uh, still 4-2. And it looks like Messi and company will be heading home, uh, unfortunately, for those who like Mr. Messi. Where does he rank? Um, uh, final thing for you. Where do you put, if, if, if this holds and, and Argentina can't score two goals here in the first part of in, in these four minutes of stoppage time, where do you put Messi in terms of the pantheon of soccer players who still is having trouble winning on the grandest stage? So it's, it's tough. Like the World Cup is a tournament that comes around every four years. Uh, a lot, soccer cycles are weird. Um, teams are built certain ways. You know, historically, you look back, you know, for me personally, like you look at a team that I follow, like Italy. Historically, they've been always solid defensively. They've always had bulldogs in the midfield, and they've always had one big striker up top. And they've played a certain style. They've played it for so many years. And for them, they've won four World Cups. And they've been successful in big tournaments. If you look at a team like Argentina, historically they have never built, been built from the back up. They've always been top-heavy. So you look at their bench and all the players that can come off their bench, they all play the same position as good players play right now. So when you look at Messi, he goes into a situation where he plays at Barcelona with the best players in the world, uh, and he's able to play with those guys every single day. He's with them every single day. He that is a goal. That is a goal for Argentina. I apologize uh, for interrupting, but that is a goal off a header for Argentina. This is in the 93rd minute of, of stoppage time, so they have basically, what, 90 seconds probably? If, I mean, if that, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised on the kickoff they blow the whistle. I believe it's four minutes of stoppage time. So there you go. This is a header. Uh, got past the goalie on the left side. Um, so... They've got one last gasp here, and the ball is its being bandied about midfield. It got back to the goalie quickly, and then he got it to midfield, and uh, now it's just being up. Somebody's got a yellow card. We've got a little scuffle here, and this is turning into a little bit of a mess here at the end of the game, and that's not what either team wants, and especially what Argentina needs right now, trying to uh, get one last goal. Um, so I finished your point there about um, Ar Argentina and Messi. I rudely interrupted you. It's just okay. I just think Messi is what he is. He's one of the best players that's ever played the game. And he, unfortunately, when he puts on that jersey for Argentina, things just don't go his way. And he did get to a World Cup final. He did get to a couple of uh, Copa America finals and just hasn't been able to 
to lift any trophies for his, his home country. I don't think that should take away from anything he's done throughout his career. He will go down as one of the best players to ever play because, unfortunately, hasn't been able to experience that type of success with his national team. And to be honest with you, in soccer, not many players do. It's, it's hard when you play a tournament every four years to realistically have the opportunity to be successful. So um, it's tough for him. It sucks for him, but I don't think it takes away anything that he's done as a player. This, this, this all happened because of a hard foul, and uh, they had to book some yellow cards here, and this is a France free kick coming. Uh, as they're now into the 95th minute, the fifth minute of stoppage time, and there's one uh, kick. They take it to the corner, which is what you learn, right, Danny? Take it to the corner when you're trying to waste time. And... Uh, yeah, they're going to blow it probably soon enough, and Messi does not look like a happy camper. I think they're going to give Argentina one last little uh, charge here. Uh, ball goes back to the goalie and then starts to get taken up on the left wing. I, I, I mean, it did take them about a minute to get through that whole uh, issue. Looks like one last run here for Argentina. They got it into the box. Argentina kicks, centers, and it's high. It is high off of the goal, off the over the top of the goal. The ref looks at his watch, and that is it. And France has beaten Argentina four to three and has moved on to the quarterfinals. And it's a tough blow. You know, you like to see in these tournaments all the best teams make it to the final eight or final four. But you know, it's the luck of the draw at the end of the day, and like I. I think France is a good team. We'll see what they can do moving forward. If I'm a France supporter giving up three goals in a, a knockout game and trailing after you go up one nothing is a little concerning, but it's just the way the, the game is, and the next one will be different. And whoever it is they play, they'll have to change it up. But it's big up to see Messi play a little bit more. Uh, these, these, these tournaments, again, don't come around very often, and this probably might be his last one. So uh, it's a shame not to see him play a little bit further. How was my soccer play-by-play? -play? Not bad. There you go. Danny, thanks as always for coming on Teeing It Up and for uh, hanging out with us on a Saturday morning. No problem, man. We'll uh, revisit my predictions in a couple weeks, see if I was even close. Yes, you got it. All right, and thank you all for listening to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Stay cool and have a good weekend, everybody.